Hi, this is Dr. Mike Chupp, and you are listening to CMDA Matters, the weekly podcast of the Christian Medical and Dental Associations. Can you believe it's already the end of March? A first quarter has passed. Well, here in Tennessee, it's exciting to see the trees and the flowers. They're starting to wake up again after a long winter as we welcomed the arrival of spring. And with every passing day, we're getting closer to the 2022 CMDA National Convention. The last time that we were together for this convention was way back in 2019, back when we honored the careers of Dr. David Stevens, our CEO Emeritus, and Dr. Gene Rudd, who was Senior Vice President, as well as kick-starting my tenure as the Chief Executive Officer of this 90-plus-year-old organization. So I hope you'll be joining me in being thrilled that we can be together again. That's the theme of our national convention. Our guest for today's interview is Pastor Dennis Rouse, who is the Bible teacher at this year's convention. I ask him to join me today just to give you a small look into what God is laying on his heart to share with us at the upcoming convention. Let's listen in to our recent conversation. This is our third in a series of four podcasts in which we are introducing you, our listeners, to some of our speakers at the National Convention in Indianapolis, Indiana, April 21st through the 24th. And I just realized we had Dallas Jenkins from The Chosen. We had Daisy Dowell, medical director of Lawndale. And today, our third D, if you will, Pastor Dennis Rouse who's been pastor for over 30 years at Victory Church in Norcross, Georgia. So he's our Bible teacher. Welcome, Pastor Rouse, to CMDA Matters. Thank you, Mike. It's glad to be with you. Well, you come highly recommended. I was sent a YouTube video. You were sharing with your congregation about social justice issues, and I was immediately sold. I was a fan of yours, as you were sharing with your large congregation this challenge about biblical justice and where it fits into our culture today. And Dr. Omari Hodge has been attending your church for a number of years. He's on our board. He's also the chairman of our Racism and Reconciliation Equality and Diversity Committee that formed the summer of 2020, just a couple of months before you published your second book entitled One, Healing the Racial Divide. Were you already working on the book when the death of George Floyd happened? I was already working on the book. It had been a work in progress for a couple of years, but when the George Floyd incident happened and then you know, succeeding things began to happen, I realized I need to get it completed in a shorter span of time. So I sped up the process and tried to release it you know, within a few months of all that. Well, I, I got ahead of myself, Pastor. I, I got a little bio here, which I think our, our listeners would want to, want to know about. Your author, mentor, and founding pastor, as I mentioned, of Victory Church in Norcross, Georgia. It's grown to be one of America's most multicultural churches with more than 17,000 members on three different Atlanta area campuses. I think you've reached, uh, from what I understand, a really fun part of your ministry career, some would call it pastor a capstone in which you're traveling around and getting to speak at leadership conferences and talking to pastoral teams. So thank you for fitting in to come to be our Bible teacher in Indianapolis next month. Well, I'm looking forward to it. I've never done a talk to doctors before, so this will be a first for me. So with this multicultural church, 
And I understand you have an incredible number of nations represented. How many nations among the people who attend your church? I think the last time they did a, a survey, it was about 145 different nationalities. Wow. So that's a lot of different people coming from different cultural backgrounds and different heart languages. How in the world did you grow a church with that many nations represented? Where did that all get started? It's a kind of a long story that I'll try to make it short. When we moved to Atlanta, we were trying to get the proper vision for our church. And when we were reading through the book of Acts 1-8, the last words of Jesus, where he says, you shall be a witness of me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world. We decided that the Lord was trying to speak to us through that scripture about the vision of our church. And basically it came down to what are the four things four areas of witness of a Christian's life that you need to be really effective in as, as you as you go through life. And the first one, he said, was Jerusalem, which, which I took that as my family, mm-hmm. the, the family that I have to be representing before others, you know, how I manage my marriage, how I manage my children, how I manage the life of the family that, I, that I'm entrusted to. Judea was more about our community. And the fact that the church was designed to reach beyond being a building where people go to, but an actual expression of life in Christ outside of the church and the community. And then Samaria, which was the unique place that Jesus said we were to be witnesses, was cross-cultural witness. We were to be ministering to outside of our culture, outside of our race, that the Samaritans and the Jews were kind of heavily divided through culture. It would be very similar to some of the tensions we see now between the black and white communities and so on. And then he says the uttermost parts of the world, which for us was world missions, reaching the world with what we had. That We are so blessed here in America, and the, the reason we're blessed is so we can be a blessing. Too much is given, much is required. So we decided to build our church on those four pillars. And uh, the third one sort of became the unique one because no one was doing that at the time in the South. They were not attempting to do that. And the Lord's had us set a goal of, of reaching 100 nations, bringing 100 nations together in our church. Wow. And uh, we surpassed that goal many years ago. And now our goal is to have the whole world, every nation represented in our church before uh, we finish. A, a preview of Before God's Throne in Revelation, it uh, sounds yeah. like to me. You know, having read through your book over the weekend, you tell a very, very wonderful, heartwarming story. I think it's in Zechariah where the Lord said, don't despise small beginnings. I I love the plumb line in Zerubbabel's hand. You had a small beginning at Victory. Could you tell our listeners a story of how you invited someone over for lunch and it was just what maybe some would say a small hinge that opened a great big door? Yeah, so this actually didn't happen in, in, in our church. This happened a few years before we started our church. It was a small church that Colleen and I had started going to in Richmond, Virginia. And the church had just begun. There were maybe 50 or 60 people. And uh, that particular particular Sunday, we had a, uh, our first African-American visitor in the church. It was a predominantly all-white church at that time. And a young black woman walked in with three little daughters and sat down. And my wife and I had we had made a habit of inviting new people in the church to have lunch with us. Whatever we, we just go up to inadvertently to a new person in the church and say, hey, we'd like to get to know you. We'd like to invite you to lunch. 
And so we walked up to her and invited her to lunch and uh, we had her over at my apartment. Colleen and I were not married at the time. We were, we were just dating. And uh, as we're sitting there around this uh, lunch table in our, in my apartment, right before we were getting ready to start eating, we started to get ready to pray. She, she started crying. The woman did. And uh, I, I asked her name was Delise Kimmy. And I said, why, why are you crying? She said, this is the first time that I've ever been invited into a white person's home. Wow. He said, I've worked in a white person's home, like cleaning a home and things like that, but I've never been invited to actually sit at the table and have dinner or have, have lunch with a white person in my life. And it suddenly hit me that I had no idea, had no concept of what it was like to grow up with that kind of thought, that kind of lifestyle where you've never been invited across the table by some other race or culture. And we just sat there and I realized it was kind of a moment where God was saying to me, you need to do something about that. You need to do something in the way that you minister to people. You need to be more like Jesus to other races and other cultures. So we just kind of took her and her three girls and sort of adopted them into our family. And we would babysit the girls from time to time. She would eventually join the church and become the worship leader in the church. She was very talented. And once she became the worship leader, other black people began to come into the church and it became probably the first multicultural church in Richmond, Virginia at the time. Those three girls would grow up. The, the, the middle girl was actually our, our, she was in our wedding, she was our flower girl. Those three girls would grow up and become, they actually recorded music. They were called Out of Eden. And they were quite well known back in the 90s. And so uh, they moved to Nashville and became recording artists. So it was quite an interesting moment for us. And it just sort of set the tone for us. So over the years had very multicultural. So have there been, this is a rhetorical question, have there been struggles in maintaining unity within the body of Christ at Victory Church? Oh, of course. I mean, we are in the South where there's always high tension between the races. And of course, we have the history here from the equal rights movement in the 60s with Dr. Martin Luther King. And and then with all the events that have unfolded from the Rodney King incident, the O.J. Simpson trial, the all the, the George Floyd death, all the different things that have happened down through the years, along with election years where there's always a tension between politics and race, we've had to navigate a lot of challenges. And I don't know, I've probably preached a hundred sermons in different capacities on how to work through those tensions. But yeah, it's been interesting. It's been an interesting ride. We, we managed to do it. Not everybody has been happy about it. As I said to our congregation, we've had to go through hundreds of thousands of people over the 30 years to get to the thousands that we have right now, because not everyone wants reconciliation. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they want something different than reconciliation. And so we're pretty focused on reconciling. Well, in your book, one, one of the issues that you deal with, and also I believe it was sort of the focus of your message that I saw on YouTube early in in 2021 is the concept of righteousness and justice and how God is a God of both, but it has to be viewed from a Christian first mindset. Would you unpack that just a little bit for our listeners? Yeah. So one of the things that we teach our people is that there are two cultures that coexist together in the world. You have the earthly culture and you have the kingdom culture. The earthly culture 
really started in the book of Genesis 11, where the Tower of Babel, where they were building the Tower of Babel and God divided the people according to languages. And out of that came nations and out of that came wars and division and strife and struggle. And you see that play out through the Old Testament, even into the New Testament until Jesus introduces what we call the kingdom culture, which in the book of Acts, as the Holy Spirit comes down on the church in Acts chapter two, it says they all begin to speak in other languages that they didn't understand. And they were actually languages of the people that had gathered there in Jerusalem for celebration of Passover. And they heard the wonderful works of God spoken supernaturally in their own languages. And they came together. And out of that came this New Testament church birth as Peter gave an invitation to Christ. So the first New Testament church was this gigantic, it said at least 3,000, probably more, because that was just men. And then it says they, they the church burst on the scene, all these different nationalities, all these different cultures, and somehow they got along. How did they do that? Well, they began to exalt what we call the Christ culture over the earthly culture. Mm-hmm. The earthly culture is what divides us. The Christ culture is what unites us. And then over a period of time, I begin to see in the Bible this theme of how God would say, I build my throne on two pillars. One is righteousness and one is justice. They're supposed to work together. But what the enemy has done is he's come and created environments where they work against each other. You have two political parties right now, the Republican Democrats, who are divided over the subjects of righteousness and justice. I would say, just for simplicity, say the Republican Party leans heavy on righteousness issues, living right, doing right, things like abortion, same-sex marriage, all those kinds of things where they stand on that. And then I would say the Democratic Party leans heavy on the justice side of issues, which is treating people right, which is making sure that people are treated fairly and equally and and not prejudiced against and, and, and that you care about the whole world and not just your race and so forth. And so those two parties have used those subjects to win elections and pit people against each other politically, through social media, through everything you can think of. You have whole news media that are formed around one or the other. You know, you say Fox is formed around uh, righteousness issues. CNN would be formed around justice issues. And you just constantly see this constant battering between the two. And what I, what we try to do is say, okay, how do you make these two work together? You don't have one without the other. They're both important. So the righteousness people, you have to emphasize justice. The justice people, you have to emphasize righteousness. <laughs> and in the kingdom culture, you, you exalt both of those things. Right. And that's what joins people together. So at CMDA, obviously, healthcare justice and healthcare disparities are of, of great concern. Could you explain for listeners how you as a church said, we want to make an impact on healthcare disparities? We have many medical personnel in our church, a lot of doctors. And uh, I've had many conversations with them about the healthcare disparities that we see, especially in our city. And so I, I had a meeting years ago with one of our doctors who was retiring at the time. His name was Dr. Leroy Graham. And I began to say to him that we need to create an alternative for the poor through the church. How do we do that? And we started to put together a plan of opening up a clinic, which just as an example of what churches can do. 
and getting volunteers, hiring a few medical personnel that were willing to, to participate in that, and pretty much offer a very low income community health care at a very affordable cost where they would just pay a very minimal price to come in and, and get examined and get treated. And then Leroy was able to get a lot of medical equipment donated. He managed to gather around 300 medical volunteers to start this uh, what we call Bridge Atlanta Medical Center. And that kind of kicked off uh, an outreach to our community, which eventually joined with another medical community that was already going, uh, Samaritan's Purse, I think it was called. And they helped us bridge the gap. And now I'd say every week they're reaching five to 600 patients a week. Um, and our people gave towards that and close to a million dollars to get it started. And so that was just one way that we said if every church that had had the means to do so would start to do something in that community, you could really make a difference. Because the, the, the majority of people that go there are minorities, they're either immigrants or they're poor minorities that have not had proper health care in their life. And one of the things Dr. Graham would say to me, he said, you know, one of the things that's the, the stark differences in healthcare is when a, when a person of color goes to a doctor, they don't always have the knowledge to ask the right questions. So sometimes they don't pursue the proper healthcare that they could. And he said, it's his, his, he, he wants to educate the minority communities to help them understand what they need, what questions they need to be asking, how much they need to pursue more instruction in their healthcare so that they're not just treated like a number that comes through a, you know, a medical facility. And so we've been working to try to bring that awareness, I think, to those communities and um, just offer a partial solution, not a, not obviously a complete solution, but a partial solution to the lack of proper health care that we have in our, in our communities. Well, praise God for what you and Victory have been doing over the last uh, couple, three decades. What does your, your global efforts must be incredible, the uttermost parts of the earth, Acts 1-8, what does that look like right now for Victory Church and all those 17,000 members? How are they involved? How are you involved? Well, we, made, we made a decision at the very beginning of our church that we were going to take 20% of all the income that came into the church and sow it out of the church in some kind of outreach program for Christ. And, and, and I, I emphasize that Christ has to be at the center of everything that we do and leading people to Christ, not just doing social justice without Christ. In other words, not just offering help, but offering the, the full help, helping people discover the reality of Jesus and what he offers to our life, along with proper health care, food, whatever care they need, may need. So we started sowing about 20% of our budget. Our goal, my goal was, before I would step aside totally, was to sow at least $100 million into that form of missions. And so, so far we've had about $88 million go into some form of mission, sometimes building medical centers in poor countries, feeding the hungry, digging water wells to get clean water in communities. We've done that many times where we've seen the death rate. As soon as we exit that, that community with water wells, the next year, the death rate drops by 40% just by getting clean water. And so we do things like that all over the world. We've done it for years. We usually have about 18 to 20 mission trips that people go on from our church into these places and especially in times of crisis like when there's an earthquake in haiti or you know something like that happens where you've got some real serious medical issues uh, we'll have medical teams go over and 
they'll do dental work, they'll do whatever kind of physical uh, medical work they can do. Well, I'm sure COVID has gotten away a little bit of some of your globe globetrotting plans to teach and, and go to some of your outreaches that have happened from Victory. Um, yeah. is, is there a lot of that in your near future? Is the pa- Hopefully, God willing, the pandemic winds down. We are ready to go as soon as countries are re- ready to receive us. And I think that's all, you know, based on how that particular country views COVID and how they're dealing with COVID. So for us, we're seeing it starting to open back up again. And we have plenty of medical trips and mission trips planned for this year. So uh, as far as we know, unless there's a re, you know resurgence of COVID again, then we're going to be going this year. Well, to bring it down the home stretch, Pastor Dennis, the National Convention, you'll be sharing three mornings as our Bible teacher at the convention. What has the Lord put on your heart? It's only uh, it's only about a month away from uh, today when we're having this interview. What's what's God put on your heart to share with uh, 700 or so healthcare professionals and their families? I had a an encounter recently with God in my sleep, and the Lord began to saying some things to me about our church and about church in general. The three words are "be like Jesus." And as I'm sitting there meditating on that, be like Jesus, and and God begins to show me, he said, the reality of the church is that if you look at the life of Christ, what was so attractional, what made so many people come to him and want to be around him, when in fact we see nowadays more people want to be away from the church, don't want to have anything to do with Christianity because they see Christians and they don't see Jesus. They don't see Jesus. They see people who are religious or people who go to church, but they don't see people who really look, feel, act, and live like Jesus. And so I'm going to unpack that at the conference. I'm going to, this is my first time teaching this, actually. It'll be at this conference, and we're going to do a series on it this summer. But I'm going to, I'm going to take at least those three sessions and just unpack that for, the, for all the medical personnel that are coming. Well, again, thank you for taking some time out of your day today to join me on CMDA Matters just to give a preview. God bless you. We'll be praying for you as you prepare. And I look forward to seeing you personally and shaking your hand uh, there in Indianapolis at the Marriott East Hotel. Thank you, Pastor Rouse, for joining us today. Thank you. Look forward to being with you guys. If you'd like to read Pastor Rouse's book entitled One that uh, we discussed in our interview, be sure to pick up your copy at the CMDA 2022 National Convention just a few weeks away. You can also find it in our CMDA bookstore at the convention, along with a wide variety of other resources that are handpicked for Christians in healthcare and who will be there with us in Indianapolis. Pastor Rouse will be sharing with us each of the mornings of our convention. You certainly do not want to miss it. I really hope that you're planning to join us in Indianapolis on April 21st through the 24th, as this will be our first chance to be together again and find renewal, refreshment, and I am praying for revival. In fact, we're nearing capacity at the venue there at the Marriott East. So I've got some breaking news for you. If you're not yet registered and you're not able to travel to Indiana, then this announcement is for you. We're excited to announce that we are opening virtual registration. Although, of course, online attendance, it means you'll miss out on that in-person community. 
By registering virtually, it gives you access to all plenary and breakout sessions that will be live via Zoom. And you'll be able to live chat with the others who attend virtually. If you aren't ready to travel or you don't feel comfortable being yet in a larger group of people, I'd encourage you to take advantage of this virtual opportunity. If you'd like more information and to register, just visit natcon, N-A-T-C-O-N, dot C-M-D-A dot org. As I spent some time discussing during the interview with Pastor Rouse, he's been at the center of his church's efforts to move toward racial reconciliation in their local community. Reconciliation is vital to the conversation about racism and its effects on healthcare and healthcare professionals. God calls us to seek that reconciliation so we can together focus on growing the kingdom of God. It is powerful to see and hear about the work God is doing in hearts all around us. Well, during our conversation, you heard me briefly mention CMDA's RED Committee, that's R-R-E-D, which is a task force of CMDA's Board of Trustees with the purpose of guiding us toward a biblical response both within our organization as well as the wider body of Christ as it pertains to issues of racism, reconciliation, equality, and diversity, especially as those issues intersect with healthcare. This committee also is focused on addressing health and healthcare disparities and serves as a resource for our CMDA members like you so that you can be leaders in healing within this country in these times of social and political unrest as it pertains to those four issues that I just mentioned. If you'd like to find out more information about the Red Committee, you can visit cmda.org racism. I can't tell you how excited I am to see God's people start to mobilize again to serve across the globe after these two years of the COVID pandemic. At CMDA, we are praying for a surge, a very good and necessary surge in volunteers as those doors open. If you were encouraged and motivated by Pastor Rouse's words about getting to go cross-cultural again into international missions, then I want to encourage you to check out two of CMDA's programs for short-term missions. The first is Global Health Outreach, commonly we refer to it as GHO. They need workers to join them for upcoming trips to Nicaragua, to El Salvador, to North Africa, and other nations as they share the gospel and provide care to the poor and to the needy. To find a trip that works with your schedule, you can visit cmda.org gho. The other opportunity is through Medical Education International, or MEI as we call it. They need healthcare professionals to join them as they provide academic teaching as well as clinical training while spreading the gospel to healthcare professionals and students in places like Central Asia, the Middle East, Kosovo. In fact, under the MEI umbrella, I have the privilege of leading a team of seven teaching healthcare professionals to Kenya this coming June. If you'd like more information on the available teams upcoming in 2022, just visit cmda.org slash MEI. Well, while I've got you thinking globally, friends, I just wanted to tell you some great news. We're celebrating today at CMDA that as of this morning, 
over $160,000 have come in for our Ukraine medical assistance appeal that we've done in the last 10 to 14 days. Thank you for your generosity. Dr. Peter Saunders, executive director of ICMDA, is thrilled with this support, and I am sure it is an amazing encouragement for our healthcare professional colleagues in Poland who are receiving refugees, as well as the Ukraine Medical Association. You know, I'm reminded of what Paul said to the Corinthian church in 2 Corinthians 9. This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of God's people, but is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. I think many expressions are going heavenward from Ukrainians and others in Eastern Europe because CMDA of your generosity. Next week, I'm going to be joined by Dr. Chris Lasanti. He's a CMDA member from Texas who is a diagnostic radiologist, and he's the assistant program director for research in radiology at the Brook Army Medical Center. He recently wrote an article about the harms of what he terms consumer medicine. So I asked him to join me on the podcast and to help us together unpack that topic a bit more for you. As always, if you want to suggest a future guest for the podcast, you can just email us at cmdamatters at cmda.org. If you like our podcast, I've heard some wonderful feedback, both by email as well as in person as I travel around the country, that you appreciate the guests that we're bringing to you and the information. Would you give us a five-star rating and share us on your favorite social media platform? Our team here at CMDA is already praying for the upcoming convention that's in just a few weeks. We're praying for the Lord to move among us mightily and unite us as Christians in healthcare after so many weeks, months, and two to three years of being separated because of this pandemic. As I close this episode, I just wanna share a brief statement from one of our previous attendees who said, Quote, this was a wonderful weekend, the National Convention of Challenge, Instruction, Encouragement, and Proclamation of God's Eternal Truth. Are you joining us for this upcoming wonderful weekend? Are you ready to be challenged and encouraged as we proclaim God's truth? I certainly want to see you there. And as we join together again, we will renew and refresh our focus on bringing the hope and healing of Christ to the world through healthcare professionals. That's what matters to CMDA. It's our vision, and CMDA matters. Bye for now. This podcast has been a production of the Christian Medical and Dental Associations. The opinions expressed by guests on this podcast are not necessarily endorsed by the Christian Medical and Dental Associations. CMDA is a nonpartisan organization that does not endorse political parties or candidates for public office. The views expressed on this podcast reflect judgments regarding principles and values held by CMDA and its members and are not intended to imply endorsement of any political party or candidate.